ION 2020 episode 93. Have 2020 vision with ION 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. What's going on, everybody? It's Ray Eaton, your host of Ion 2020 your source for the news, for the related events, for the happenings that are going on in the lead up to the 2020 election. I certainly do appreciate you listening. I think I think uh, I've started to see lots and lots of new people coming out and listening to the show, so I appreciate you doing that. I really do. And uh, I appreciate anyone that has shared the show with your friends. Tell your friends about it if you want to as well. And those that subscribed, I appreciate you doing that as well. First time listeners, please go ahead and subscribe to the show so you can hear it tomorrow as well. It is Monday. And uh, I got a great week lined up, hopefully. I think uh, I have some good ideas for some shows, but I also know that there's been some news that's coming out and so forth, and those breaking news happenings and stuff are going to uh, come to you as well. And, you know, that's what I'm doing. Monday through Friday, I'm just going to bring you guys a show, make sure that you have the best information that you can to make good decisions in regard to who you're going to talk about uh, or who you're going to vote for, I guess, down the road, who you're going to talk about with your friends and give you some good ammunition to use with your friends because that's what we're here to do, right? We want to educate. I think I've been talking about that last week a lot is the education piece and just showing your friends a new way, showing people a different way to talk about politics, talk about a different way with your friends on how to look at these candidates and so forth because most of these candidates, they're just out there you know, posture and they're out there trying to drum up votes. They're out there just trying to pander to their base. And, you know, we could see through these things. I mean, I mean, I know I can, I can see right through it every single time, man. These guys, they, they promise this, they promise that. And I can see right through it because I understand the economics of it. I understand the libertarian philosophy. And if you can do that too, if you can learn that philosophy really well, you'll be able to get out there and uh, and talk to your friends about these things as well. And when they start talking about Bernie Sanders, they start talking about how great Trump is or whatever, you can give them a, you know, a good conversation about, yeah, maybe they're doing some things right, but you know what? These, uh, here are some of the things that they do that challenge me, and these are things that I cannot agree with them on and so forth. And then maybe you can bring them to a more libertarian message as well. And that's what it's all about is just, you know, Finding common agreements, but then also challenging them on their on their preconceived notions and on the things that they've just been taught all their lives. Because most people, they think it's Republican or Democrat, and that's it. And uh, libertarians do have a different way. We have a way that uh, that doesn't require that doesn't ask people to, you know, ask people to be willing to have their wealth confiscated and things like that, you know? We have a way that says, you know, there is a peaceful way to organize society. There is a peaceful way that we can all get along within this world without having to use the government force to confiscate something from somebody else because that's immoral. Confiscating someone else's life, someone else's liberty, someone else's property, that's immoral in my opinion. And 
the libertarian message, a message of non-aggression is a good thing. So if I can get out here every single day and put this show together just to give you guys some kind of inspiration maybe, but also just a good message every single day about these candidates and the news events that they're talking about, uh, maybe you know, you'll be able to pass that on. That's kind of why I get out here and do this on a daily basis, Monday through Friday. So uh, I appreciate you guys listening, though. And like I said, go ahead and subscribe to the show if you want to hear it tomorrow. Uh, but you can also find me, IonTheEmpire.com. And then I'm also on Twitter and also on uh, Facebook. And if you just look up IonTheEmpire, you'll be able to find that as well. But today what I want to talk about is I was looking over the weekend at a few different articles and stuff, and I came across one where Bernie Sanders and Ocasio-Cortez, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is talking about this idea with the credit card companies. They were saying that the credit card companies, they're making so many profits, and the government needs to reel these things in, and it's a bad thing that they're making so many profits, and that they're overcharging people for their interest rates, and all this stuff, right? There are so many credit card companies out there. So many credit card... card there, I mean, I think I probably get 15 credit card applications in the mail every single day. You can be walking around a college campus if you're in college. And they're giving out free t-shirts in order to get people signed up for credit. Like, there's so many... There, there's plenty of opportunity for you to compare rates and stuff like that. There, there's so many opportunities for you to do that. Then there's so much competition that if you have good credit score, if you have decent income, if you're a responsible payer of your bills, there are so many ways for you to go out there and get credit in a way that isn't, you know, that's that isn't exorbitant interest rates. There's plenty of ways to do that. And what the proposal that AOC and Bernie Sanders are put into the floor of the House and then in the Senate is the idea that the federal government should get in there and regulate the allowable uh, the amount of interest that a credit card company is allowed to allowed to um, charge a customer. So that what they're saying is that they would like to make it a maximum of fifteen percent. That's the most somebody should be able to charge for interest to anybody. Anybody at all. And I get thinking about this, and I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to see through this. It's, I mean, I'm sure right now in your mind, as you're sitting there listening to this show, you're thinking to yourself, that's idiotic. You're probably thinking to yourself, well, yeah, I mean, interest rates are high, but you know what? Some people are riskier than others. Or you might just be thinking, yeah, um, these guys are idiots because they're always trying to manipulate the economy whatever it is i mean is it the fe- is it the federal government's place even slightly at all to tell a credit card company what they're allowed to charge somebody interest so you got your capital one no hassle card or whatever and there's some perks that come along with it but there's a high slightly higher interest rate or you get some points to go travel things like that or you got whatever card this is from your university the, you know, the University of Florida card or something, and it goes along with, you know, your student union, or it pays money out to, like, the the alumni association or whatever. You know, there's there's lots of cards out there that you can get. And is it, any, is it the federal government's business at all whatsoever to regulate that? 
Because if I'm a business, if I start my own credit card company and I'm going to start send, selling Visa cards or you know giving people Visa cards to use and I charge an interest rate, there's a reason why I'm charging an interest rate. It's because I'm looking at somebody's history, I'm looking at someone's credit, and I'm determining if they're a good risk or a bad risk. If they're a bad risk, then what's going to cause me to loan that person money? It, the only way that I would give that person money is if I could make a higher return. So if I'm going to give someone $1,000 to use wherever they want to, I'm being a pretty nice guy, right? I'm giving them 1000 bucks. They can swipe their card, and boom, they can have a pair of pants. They can have some shoes. They can get some diapers. They can get some groceries. They can go to the bar, drink some drinks. They can do whatever with it, right? Up to 1000 bucks. And then they're going to start paying that down. I'm going to send them a bill for the minimum payment, which is usually right around what the interest interest is, right? So you got $1,000 at, let's say, the interest rate. You're a fresh out of college student. or you're, No, you're fresh into college student. Just turned 18 years old. Never paid a bill in your life. And I'm going to give you $1,000 at 10% interest. So over the course of a year, I'll make 100 bucks off of it. Absolutely not. You're a very high-risk person at that at that point, right? So I might give you that $1,000 at 28% interest or 29%, whatever the going rate is at that particular level, right? You know what you'd be willing to loan somebody with the interest rate coming back. So if that person holds that $1,000 for a full year, I'm going to make around 290 bucks off of it. Maybe 200 and 200 and uh, or a little over 300 bucks because I think that with the interest, you'll start gaining, you'll start adding interest onto the interest that compounds, right? So the APR, I think, will be a little bit higher. But anyway, besides that point, that person's a little bit more risky. Now, so you're going to have that person, let's say, at 28 29%. And I've seen cards like that. I think the credit cards that I had as a young, you know, when I was much younger, when I was 18, 19, 20 years old, the credit cards that I had were, you know, 25 to 27% interest, sometimes more. But you know what? I was a bad risk. And at the time, I was a very bad risk because I ended up defaulting on one or two of those over the course of my life uh, during that time. And that's just, you know, that's just how young people are, though. You don't think about the consequences of those actions until they happen. And then you end up having to pay them off anyway. And I ended up paying them off, you know, within a couple of months or whatever. But, you know, it's just a matter of I just got myself a little bit over my head. That's the way people are. I mean, that's the way that people naturally are. You get this easy money coming in. You get this easy, you know, card that gets sent in the mail. And you're like, yeah, 500 bucks. Okay, sign me up. And then you max out that account. You pay the minimum balance of 35, 40 bucks. Then you go out and you max it right back up. And that's where these people are making money, which is, that's, but that's my decision. That's not the federal government's decision. You know, and I, I knew what I was getting myself into. I wasn't a victim like Bernie Sanders would leave you to believe that I was. And neither are any of these other people that are out there. Now, there are a lot of credit cards out there. That's fine. But what those credit cards allow a person to do, a lot of times, these high-risk credit cards is to establish credit. It allows them to get, get a credit history going. It allows them with bad credit, so they had a bad history of credit, and then it's been about three or four or five years, it allows that person to start establishing credit again. It allows that person to, you know, allows that person to show, hey, you know what, you guys took a risk on me, and now 
I'm going to do the right thing. I'm not going to max out my accounts. I'm going to pay my balances. I'm going to pay them in t- on time. I'm going to establish a good credit history. That's what it does. It allows you to do that. There's a lot of reasons why somebody would take out that 30% credit card. Maybe they've never had credit before. They just had a baby and they want to get $1,000 extra just to have it just in case they need it. Or they, and then that person has a little hiccup where they lose their job. They have a little bit of savings, but you know what? They're going to dip in. They know they got a job lined up. They're going to start in a month. So they dip onto that credit card, spend a little bit of money here, spend a little bit of money there, put a little food on the table, and then boom, they get their job. They start paying it down. They use it responsibly. There's many reasons. There's thousands, There's an infinite number of reasons why somebody might use a credit card that Bernie Sanders and AOC aren't thinking about. And by man, by setting up a regulation on this, where the person with the person or the credit card company can only charge a fifteen percent maximum interest rate. The only people that have credit cards then are the people that are worthy of a 15% interest rate. I mean, it just goes without saying. Just like the minimum wage, it goes right back to that. If you raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour, what's their, what's their focus on 15 by the way? That's crazy, right? But anyway, if you raise the interest rate or if you raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour, then the only people that are going to have jobs are the people that make or create $15 worth of value every single hour. And that's it. That's the only people that are going to have jobs. That's the same thing with this interest rate. The only people that are going to have an interest rate of 15%, or the only people that are going to have credit cards, are going to be people that have an interest rate of 15%. And those are the only people that are, those are only going to be the people that are that kind of risk. So somebody that, I don't know, I honestly have no idea what the interest rates are right now on credit cards because I personally don't have any. Um, So I have no idea what the interest rate would be right now on a card for somebody like myself who is a good risk. I don't know. I would love to know, but I don't know. But let's, I'm just going to use examples from, I'm just going to use like examples from, you know, 20 years ago or whatever. And the one back when I had those twenty nine percent interest rates, there was a time where I think you could get like a a Discover card or a Fe- American Express at around ten percent interest, and if you pay it in the first twenty nine days or thirty days, then you don't even get charged interest or something like that. So you can use those as if they're cash, and then you just pay them at the end of the month because you can't really roll over. But let's say the the normal interest rate for someone that is very stable that has a uh, 750 credit score or better, let's say the average interest rate for that person on a credit card is around 12%, 11%, or even 10%, let's say. You're really good. So those people are going to have no problem. And those are people that are stable. Those people are probably middle class, upper middle class, right? People that are wealthy and above. It's going to be people that are above middle class, though. It's not going to be for the poor. It's not going to be for those people, those people that rely on things like that for help in times of need it's going to be for those people now the 15 percentage rate is for somebody that is probably has a good credit score overall but not a long history but they've paid their bills on time and things like that like i would imagine that's what a 15 percent credit score is for but it's not for the person that 
screwed up really bad 10 years ago and now they're trying to get back on their feet. It's not for the 18-year-old that just graduated from high school and is going on to college and wants to have that $500 credit card in order to establish credit. It's not for that person. It's for the person, a 15 percent interest rate is for the person that has already made it, that's relatively successful, that's doing okay. That's what that's for. And what Bernie Sanders and AOC, what they're going to do is ruin the market for those people. Ruin those, ruin that market. Now, there are people that use credit cards in a negative way. There's people that use it to the detriment of their, of their financial, you know, financial security. There's people that use them irresponsibly. That's just life, though. That, that's how it is in, with everything, you might drink irresponsibly. You might do drugs irresponsibly. But that's none of his damn business. None of her business. None of Congress's business. And certainly not the federal government's business at all. Now, Bernie Sanders can go tell his kids and give them advice. He can go, But just because he feels this way does not mean he, they should be introducing any sort of legislation into Congress right now to make this happen because the very people that they're seeking to help by doing this because that poor lady that's made, that's you know being charged 28% interest and is in debt and up to her you know up to her neck in debt that person you know they may have used it irresponsibly they may have but there's there's ways there's ways to resolve those issues there's bankruptcy there's things like that which is a bad thing, but that person has the, you, you can go to a, a lawyer, a bankruptcy lawyer, you can take it to court, you can work with your creditors, you can probably call your creditors and get them to work with you if you wanted to. There's lots of things that that person can do if they're self-sufficient, if they take the initiative to make it happen. But we don't need Bernie Sanders and AOC to tell us what the interest rate should be on a credit card. That's not the federal government's business, and that definitely isn't their business, and all they're doing is hurting the person that they're trying to help. Now, this guy's running for president, so he's trying to pander to a group of people that, I can't, I mean, do these people that are listening to him, do they really believe that this is going to help them out? I just wonder, I don't know. And I know, I mean, lots of people that are like the yuppie crowd that follows Bernie Sanders, the people that are like middle class and so forth, like they look down, They, in my opinion, they look down on everybody else that is doing bad and they just assume that that person's unhappy and miserable when that person is probably way happier than the yuppie that's the Bernie Sanders voter because all that person, I don't know, I mean all that person does is thinks about how bad the world is and how bad things are and how bad things are for this poor person when that poor person's sitting there, you know, not letting those things bother them, hopefully, because I don't think you should let things bother you. I mean, in America, we have it. We have the life in America if you compare it to some of these other third world countries where uh, bombs are being dropped daily. We have the life and these people, all they want to do is complain but these, this 15, I just, I had to talk about this today because it just irked me that they would say this because it's the stupidest thing. It's the dumbest idea I've heard come out of this guy's mouth. I mean, $15 minimum wage, you can make a case for that maybe because 
I mean, there, it doesn't make economic sense to have a $15 minimum wage, but at least you could say you're sympathizing with these people. But when somebody's paying exorbitant interest rates of 29 and 30%, not that that's their fault that that's happening, but I don't think that these credit card companies are taking advantage of the person by any means. I think they're charging a rate that they can get because of the risks that they're taking on. And if you force them to only charge 15% interest rates, then you're going to get rid of an entire market of people. And what happens to that group of people at that point? Do they start having financial difficulties? Do they start not being able to put food on their table? Do they go out and now they start doing title loans or these short-term paycheck loans that are like 300%? Is that what they have to start doing at that point? But then, then the government has to start cracking down on those, which they do in some cities. They do in some states where they crack, out, crack down on the title loans and they tell them they can only charge 30 or 40% interest rate or 30% interest rates and so forth. So all, they, all those companies do at that point is they tack on fees because those fees are not considered part of the interest rate. But the, per, the companies, in order for them to stay in business, they have to make the money in order to absorb the losses from the bad risks that they're taking. Like if you take the example of the person with a 30% interest rate, right? That company, that credit card company realizes that for every 10 people that they give $1,000 to, probably two or three aren't going to pay it back. So if they charge that person 30% interest on $1,000, they assume they're going to make about $300 a year off that person. And then you get those 10 people, they're going to make $3,000 off of those 10 people per year. But their assumption is, is that two, three, maybe four of those people are not even going to pay. So then they, that wipes that money right out. So now they're making about 15, seven, or 15% on their money, but they have to account in that world for the losses that they're going to incur. And that's why they charge the interest rates. That's, that's, I mean, I work in the financial sector, and that's the reason why we charge as much money as we do for the loans that we provide is because of the risk that's involved with it. And that's how it is on the consumer side as well. The risk versus the reward. Risk versus reward. They assume that. So... I'm sorry to say it. I mean, if if Bernie Sanders is going to push this, this is not a winning issue for him. But then again, it sounds good. It sounds pretty. It sounds like he's the caring politician that was looking to take care of people, looking to help people out, and looking to get the federal government involved in these things because they're going to help the consumers and so forth when all that person's going to do is end up going away from a credit card and go into the title loan place, go into the you know, pawn shops, whatever. So if this happens, you better start investing in pawn shops because there's going to be people there trying to sell stuff in order to pay some bills and things like that. That's, that, that's what will happen. Or start investing in one of those title loan companies because they're going to be able to charge their arm and a leg because these people that know, used to get a 25% credit card, 30% credit card, are now going to have to go there and be charged you know, 200% interest. That's what's going to happen. I mean, there is going to be... Negative externalities to this to the nth degree if something like this got passed. But I don't know that it will. I mean, what this article said that I was reading is it blamed the Republicans, to be honest with you. Like, that's the way that they framed it. With a Republican Senate, this thing will never see the president's desk because, you know, 
Bernie Sanders is looking to help consumers out by giving them a 15 or maintain main mandating a 15% interest rate for credit card companies, but it's not likely to see the light of day because of the Republican Senate. That's what it said in the article. So they blame the Republicans. That's fine. Um, I blame the idea that you have an idiot up there trying to push something that is just not, not good for people. If people need credit, they need credit. There's a reason why they need credit. I personally don't need credit. That's why I don't have a credit card. But there's been times in the past when things were a little bit tight and you think to yourself, man, it would be nice to have a credit card with like a two or $3,000 limit on it just in case we needed it, right? Just in case we needed to dip into it. There has been times where it's been like that. So I would hate for that to go away for a whole population of people especially the people that are poor because those are the people that are most likely to suffer because of something like this. So in, at the hands of being a do-gooder, Bernie Sanders is going to hurt the people that he helps. A lot of a lot of f- federal programs do that. Both programs that are pushed by the Republicans and the Democrats. There are ne- negative externalities to these laws that they pass, and we need to be aware of that as libertarians. We need to be aware of these negative externalities that you see so that you can tell your friends about it, so you can tell your family about it, so you can say that's the things that are not seen. The consequences of a bill like this, that's the thing, you know, there's consequences to the bill. There's going to be next negative externalities that come out of this, and we need to be the ones that can talk about those things because that's how we get the libertarian message out. When the federal government does something, these are the consequences of it. Yeah, they're looking to fix this, but it hurts this, this, and this. That's what we need to be able to do as libertarians on a constant basis. And if we can do that, we can get our message out there and maybe start changing some hearts and minds. So that's that's what that's all I got for you guys today. I'd certainly appreciate you listening, and I hope that you'll come back tomorrow. Uh, so go ahead and subscribe to the show, and then come back tomorrow, and you'll have clear vision for 2020. I on 109. <laughs> okay.